Welcome one and all to the Toss Up. This is episode 13. Uh, we are on here on this lovely Monday, January 25th. That's it. Uh, and we have two brand new guests that we've never had on the show before. I wanted to welcome you both. Uh, Mackenzie and Joel, how are you guys doing? We're good. Great. Excited. Great. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, we're doing good. Uh, I got my pets all around me right now. We're, we're, we're ready for another uh, five games of trivia. It's going to be a fun one. You guys are holed up where at the moment? Quincy, is that right? Yes. Yeah, outside of Boston. Cool. Awesome. How long have you guys been there? Um, I can't count, so since <laughs> August. <laughs> That's like six, what, like six months. That works for me. Five, no, yeah. five months? I don't know. I can't count either. Whatever, you know. I was an English major. Numbers are irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, not your area of expertise. Well, I'll keep that in mind for our games ahead. We are going to start with Week in Review, which is just 15 questions from this week's news. Going on to a game of Forgotten 15 with a topic that I'm very interested to see how you guys will do. Uh, then we've got a story riddle, which is a bit more freeform, but it should be fun. Uh, and then we've got a new game called Rememory, which I'll explain when we'll get to it. And then ending, as always, with Quick Draw Trivia. And you guys were versed on what exactly uh, this round would be on. Like <laughs> Rummy's going to attack <laughs> my phone. Um, so we are going to be doing Always Sunny uh, in Philadelphia for Quick Draw Trivia. But we will start first up with week in review. How are you guys doing on your on your news? You guys reading up every day? You're doing your best to avoid it. <laughs> um, it's a balance. Yeah, I would agree. I. It's a balance. It's a balance. Cool. So we'll see. We'll What's see your if you had to pick a niche? Are you into mostly into politics or business or entertainment? Oh, politics. Be sure. read up on. <laughs> yeah, more politics probably. Yeah. Who isn't? Science, I guess. All, I don't know if that yeah, counts. We're all armchair experts at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, the only thing that's different with Week in Review from our other games uh, is that you have to wait until I finish the question to give me the answer. Every other game after this, you are welcome to interrupt me as soon as you'd like. Okay. Uh, but for this one, we got 15 questions, and whoever gets the answer first gets the point. But no worries if you lose this game. It only counts as one point towards your final score. Uh, but if you do win, you do get a slight advantage in our last game. Make sense? Okay. Cool. All right, here we go. First up, Joe Biden was sworn in as the president of the United States, marking how many presidents in this nation's history? Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> Is it? Let's see those math skills. Wait. 46? Shit. Yes, 46. First point to McKenzie. Excellent work. Yep. Joe Biden is number 46. Number two now. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo officially declared the repression and encampment of Uyghur Muslims in China to be what? I don't know. Is it like a specific word? I'm trying to like, or is it something not as... It is a specific word. It's a very, very charged word. One that tends to be used very sparingly by a major government. Uh... Oh boy, I didn't read about that on Twitter. <laughs> no, me neither. Me neither. Um, I'm gonna have to pass for me. <laughs> I don't know about Mackenzie. Oh boy, um, I might have to pass too. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, no worries. The term that I was looking for was genocide. 
Oh, so, boy. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo officially declared this a genocide, an ongoing genocide in China. A whole bunch of sanctions have been rolled out this week against them. Uh, we are no longer accepting, I think, any imports from the Xinjiang province where most of this is going down. Oh, wow. So kind of crazy. I don't think that we've we've thrown out that term for a number of decades now. Yeah, wow. Um, all right, here's number three. Which streaming service unofficially, or sorry, officially, surpassed 200 million subscribers in the fourth quarter of 2022? Or 2020? TikTok. Streaming. Netflix. Netflix. Oh, streaming. Correct answer. All right. Joel's on the board. Uh, <laughs> she's, she's obsessed with TikTok. I'm obsessed. I'm sorry. All right. One to one now. Uh, on to question number four. Well, that is a streaming service to me. <laughs> yeah. President Trump issued 73 pardons on his way out of the White House, but excluded himself and which personal lawyer? Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. Excellent work. Another point for McKenzie. Awesome. All right. Here is number five. I'm looking for a number here. U.S. COVID-19 deaths passed which milestone this week? 300,000. 300, How many? 400,000. 400,000. Correct answer. Excellent work. All oh right. My. Three points. McKenzie has taken a bit of a lead here. <laughs> Three to one. Uh, here is number six. <laughs> Which country's economy grew by 2.3% in 2020, marking the only major economic power to do so? Um, which country? Is it China? It is China, indeed. China, their, their, their overall economy was 2.3% growth in 2020. Raising some eyebrows, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but sure. they figured out how to make it work. Hmm. All right, we now are rocking three points for Mackenzie, two points for Joel. On to number seven now. Russia detained opposition leader Alexei Navalny immediately upon his return from Germany, where he was doing what? Oh, recovering from being poisoned? Exactly. He was recovering from that crazy nerve agent attack, which many signs are pointing towards the Russian government being responsible for, so... I think a whole bunch of protests have broken out across the country today. Hopefully, he'll be released shortly. But uh, yeah, not a very subtle move on their point. The second no. he landed homeside, they arrested him again. Yeah, that's not even... Um, all right, here is number eight. Might have heard about this one this week. Which organization filed for bankruptcy and announced plans to reincorporate in Texas? Oh, um, the NRA? Absolutely. The NRA. <laughs> All right. Beginning to see a sizable lead here by Mackenzie. We've got five to two. Excellent work. Uh, here is number nine. This one, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but I believe his name is Yawari Museveni. He claimed victory for a sixth term in office in which country amid ongoing claims of voter fraud? Uh... In which country? Hmm. My hint for this one is Book of Mormon. Ah. <sighs> Wish I saw I had seen Book of Mormon. Uh, <laughs> I see how that would be helpful. Uh, Uganda. <laughs> yes, indeed, Uganda. Wow. Uganda. Not a guess. Oh, what? <laughs> Excellent work. All right, six to two. You are now tripling Joel's score, putting the man to shame. You got six questions remaining in this game. Here's number ten. Which terrorist organization claimed responsibility for two suicide bombings in Baghdad, which killed thirty-two and left over a hundred injured? I feel like it'd be too easy to say ISIS, 
But well, you said it, and it was true. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it was indeed ISIS that claimed responsibility. All right, five questions left. Nice. It's six to three. Number 11, Google, parent company Alphabet, has announced it is shutting down its Loon program, which aimed to do what? Wow, I've never heard of that, so... <laughs> <laughs> Something that may help. I don't know how well-versed you are in SpaceX's uh, current activities. But the reason that they're shutting down Loon is because SpaceX is essentially outpacing their mission. Oh, are they... Are they trying to... So Loon, were they trying to... Oh, maybe colonize uh, the moon? Nope. Good guess. The specific mission that Starlink is doing that that is outpacing Loon is the Starlink mission. They're firing a whole bunch of satellites into the sky for a certain purpose, and it's that purpose that I'm looking for. Um, to discover life? Nope. None of these satellites are going to leave Earth's orbit. Oh. Oh, is it for, um, like, they're going out there and they're looking, like, maybe data, sort of something data-related? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. Uh, yeah, I can't think of that. I can't think of the word I'm trying to... It's simpler than you may think. Uh, I mean, spying on people. No. <laughs> well, we're not sure. I don't know if they'd be that cavalier to just tell us that that was their aim, but yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. What they're telling us their mission was, Loon's mission was to bring high-speed internet to every place on Earth, especially rural areas. Oh. Their approach was to use weather balloons, but SpaceX is now using Starlink to fire a seemingly infinite number of... Uh, satellites. I believe once they're done, it's going to be close to 12,000 satellites into our atmosphere. Oh, my. Um, and they're going to supply high-speed internet to everyone. Wow. Which is crazy. Dang. Yeah. Taking over. So no points awarded there. Fun fact about that that is a little bit a little bit um, unnerving is that if they're going to fire 12,000 satellites into the atmosphere, only at any given night, only 9,000 stars are visible in the night sky to the naked eye. So... Hypothetically, at some point, we may be seeing more satellites than stars. Wow. Oh. I don't know. That's not good that's news to me. That's, yeah, it's a little unnerving. <laughs> All right, we got four questions remaining. Uh, Mackenzie is still ahead by three here. Here's number 12. Japan officially announced that what international event scheduled for this summer would be canceled? Oh, the Olympics. Olympics, summer correct Olympics. answer. Joel's got his fourth. Here's number 13. Anti-fascist and anti-government protesters in what U.S. city vandalized the Democratic Party of Oregon building in a protest against the Biden inauguration? Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Absolutely. Nailed it. Wow. Excellent work. <laughs> we are witnessing a bit of a catch-up here. It's now five to six. Two questions remaining. Julia could take the lead. Number 14. Democrats took majority mm-hmm. control of the Senate. With what former senator slated to break any 50-50 ties? Kamala Harris. Absolutely. Uh, And finally, number 15, President Joe Biden signed an executive order to rejoin what international agreement? The Paris. WHO? Oh, no. Paris. Paris Climate. um, (laughs) It was the Paris Climate Accords. I'll give that one to Joel, but it wasn't enough to catch up. Our final score for Week in Review is seven to McKenzie, six to Joel. Dang it. Wow. Well done. Excellent performance. Good questions. Yeah. All in all, only two missed. You guys are, are very well versed in your news. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks. to uh, Twitter.com. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you got one point added to your final score, Mackenzie, and Joel has got zero. Um, but we'll be go ahead and take a break. We got the Jacob Man Big Band to play us a little tune before our next game, Forgotten 15. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back, everyone. The current score is Mackenzie 1, Joel 0. We're heading into our next game, Forgotten 15. It's been a little while since we've played this, but the essential premise of this game is it's just 15 things that had their 15 minutes of fame a little while ago, so you might not remember them. Uh, and this particular version is going to be mid-2000s edition. Uh, so you guys are what? In your mid to late 20s? This is going to be an interesting interesting era to walk down, yeah? Oh, yeah. This is, this is exactly where... Uh, right up my alley. It's where I hit my peak. <laughs> okay, I think yeah, some of these might be might be before your time, after your time. We might get that that happy medium somewhere in between. So do your best. You are absolutely welcome to interrupt me from here on out, and uh, every single one of these points count towards your final score. Sound good? Cool. All right. Cool. Here we go. Number one, mid two thousands fashion was and remains an enigma. Most middle school girls couldn't go a day, especially a winter day, without these fuzzy nightmares on their feet. Uggs. Uggs, correct answer. Well done. <laughs> Mackenzie's got one. I still have a pair. All right, here we go. Sure does. I honestly I want do. some. <laughs> Uggs, are, Uggs are awesome. All right, number two. People were skeptical when Microsoft decided to dip their toe into the video game industry. That was until they released this universally acclaimed shooter title with their debut Xbox console. Halo. Halo, correct answer. Excellent work, Joel. Tied up here. <laughs> All right, here is number three. Some board executive at Skechers probably beat themselves up for not thinking of this one first. The hybrid roller skate sneakers were a surefire way to get to geometry class oh, quicker than anyone else and get the coolest babe in school. Yep. <laughs> Healy's is the correct answer. They're so fun. <laughs> fun fact, I never got, I was never allowed to have Healy's as a kid, so I bought them when I was 16, and then I broke my foot on them when I was uh, <laughs> uh, I still have metal in my foot from breaking my feet, so oh, wow. I would not endorse, but they were fun <laughs> while they lasted. <laughs> all right, number four, iPod touches were all the rage when they hit the shelves, but in some circles, the true judge of character was just how many pigs you killed in what popular app? Oh, Angry Bird? Angry Birds, correct answer. Another point for Mackenzie. Mackenzie! Excellent. <laughs> All right, three to one here. Mackenzie has claimed an early lead. We'll see how it goes. Here's number five. Move over, Pokemon. The best mid-2000s trading card game didn't use cards at all, but small gel bracelets with an unprecedented variety of shapes. Oh, Silly Bands? Silly vans, oh. absolutely. Woo! I'm glad you guys remember those. I feel like I was the only one, but yeah, you guys got it. <laughs> Excellent work. All right. Silly vans, a fun one. Here's number six. This admittedly somewhat creepy, but equal parts charming Christmas tradition involved convincing young children that one of Santa's assistants moved to a new place in your home every day in December. Oh, Elf on the Shelf. Absolutely. That still goes on, not technically yeah. Yeah. only mid-2000s. I just remember first starting to see that in the mid-2000s. Yeah. All right, Joel's got that one. It's four to two now. Here's number seven. Uh, this line of dolls lacked the cuteness of Cabbage Patch, the preppiness of Barbie, and the subtly terrifying stare of the American girl. Instead, they brought their own signature sassiness and badassery to the table. Brass. Rats. Oh, I think it was Mackenzie by a hair there. Brad's dolls is the correct answer. <laughs> I was thinking it. I should have called it. <laughs> All right, here is number eight. It's hard to believe that there was a time that people could really get behind this band performing at the Super Bowl. 
despite many of their hit singles being reviled by today's music standards, back in the mid-2000s, everyone was asking them to pump it louder. Oh, Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas, absolutely. Excellent work. Six points now against Joel's two. Doing well. Doing well. All right, here's number nine. The first ever winner of the Oscar for Best Animated Feature began a never-before-or-since-seen movement of CGI mastery, pop culture relevance, and eventually memedom. There's no doubt that this fantastical classic is Love is Life. Fantastical. Ah. Got our first stumper. Yeah. The year of release was 2001. The studio was DreamWorks. Shrek. Shrek is the correct no, answer. It's not yes. Shrek. It is? Oh, oh my God. Believe it or not, know. Disney did not have the first best animated feature. It was indeed Shrek. Wow. That is good to know. <laughs> I yeah. know one best animated Pretty cool. Feature. All right, here's number 10. Uh, Joel, you're rocking three now against Mackenzie's six. Number 10 says While kids in the 1900s might have gotten their cardio from playing ball with the neighbors, 2000s kids got more than enough exercise busting a move to a motley assort- assortment of American rock and Japanese techno in this foot stomping video game. DDR. DDR. Correct answer. All right. Joel has nailed it. Excellent work. Dance, dance revolution. All right. Did you guys ever have one of those at home? I loved that thing. Yeah, yeah, I love that game. I used never to, had one. Used to play it all the time. <laughs> Sweating in the basement. just. They're so fun. They're pretty good in arcade, hot. too. Yeah, I yeah. had to go to an arcade to play that. All right, here's number 11. The rivalry of the decade was just impossible to get away from. Plastered all over early social media were hordes of adolescent girls duking it out over whether the pasty white guy or the hunky wolf boy was best for the emotionless, oh, dull-eyed teen at the Edward center of it all. Jacob. Twilight. Twilight. I was looking for Twilight. Joel nailed it. Damn it. All right. We're again at five to six. Mackenzie still got the lead here. And we have, let's see, four questions remaining. Here's number 12. Uh, nowadays, a boosted board is arguably the height of fashion when it comes to personal transportation. Uh, but just 15 years ago, nothing could beat the classic two wheeled, ankle biting, foam gripped menace that was Razor's masterpiece. It is indeed Scooter. I hear Joel okay. got it. Excellent work. <laughs> I think I still have a Razor Scooter in, in my parents' garage somewhere. Those things are great. Those things are just... Alrighty, three questions remaining. Here is number 13. From the psychedelic commercials to the lovably clever rabbit mascot, this sugary snack and only vaguely resembling cereal and yogurt oh, was tricks? a smash hit. Tricks. Tricks are for kids. That's the one. So good. So good. I was thinking about getting a box at that grocery store the other day. <laughs> Do it. Still relevant. All right. We got two remaining. <laughs> Mackenzie is ahead by one. Here's 14. Last year, Twitter was witness to a massive shock for mid-2000s kids. As it turns out, this product, which had promised its users that it was tear-free, was in fact saying that there was no risk of tears. Uh, L'Oreal shampoo? It was indeed shampoo. Absolutely. Well done. Mackenzie's got another one here. And here is the final question. Uh, This children's bonding game often turned out to be a heartbreaking, violent popularity contest. No kid could ever walk away from their elementary school field without bruises running up and down their wrists and arms from gripping each other so tightly. Oh, Red Rover. Red Rover. Absolutely. So glad you remember that. I hated that game, man. That thing was so terrifying. Yeah. 
Crazy. All right. Wow. You guys cruised right through that. Uh, Mackenzie, you did come out on top. You had eight points, adding up that one from the previous game. You're now at nine for the evening. Excellent work. And Joel, you're rocking seven. Not too far behind. Pretty well done. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. right. Anything could happen now. We got another game, Story Riddle, right on the horizon. We'll have another uh, music break from Jacob Man Big Band and be back with a titillating riddle right after the break. Welcome back, everyone. Our score for the evening is Mackenzie at 9, Joel at 7. And let's see, we got our story riddle up next. We're only doing one today because it is a wee bit more complicated, but the way this works, I'm giving you guys a setup, some curious, almost Twilight Zone-esque occurrence, and you just have to let me know how it happened. The way you do that is just ask me yes or no questions. If the answer is yes, you get a point. If the answer is no, you get none. And whoever uh, ultimately solves the riddle, just tells me the answer straight out, uh, goes ahead and gets five points added to their final score. So, here's our story riddle. A body is found lying in a park in the middle of summer. The body has a fractured skull and several broken bones, but the cause of death is ruled as hypothermia. Why? Was it somewhere very down south or very up north? The location is irrelevant. Was the body moved? Um, so you're saying between the time that the body died and the body ended up in this park, had it been moved? Yes. Yes, it was moved. Were they wearing any clothes? <laughs> yeah, they were fully clothed. Did they die in a freezer? <laughs> they didn't die in a freezer, but they did die in a cold environment. Okay. Oh. Did, the, did the, the body die in a mountain? Uh, no. Was this person engaging in any extreme sports, per chance? Um, no, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a formal extreme sport, but the condition in which they died was absolutely extreme. Mm. Mm. Were they alive when they fractured their skull? No, they were already dead. When all their bones were broken. Um, was this person with anybody when they died? All alone. All alone. Did they have any items on them when they died? Just the clothes on their back. Just the clothes on their back. Were they very high up in the air when they died? Yes. Okay. Were they parachuting? No. Were they on a plane? They were on a plane, yes. So you're. where are we supposed to guess here? You're asking us... Why this happened? Yeah. Why was a body found in a park with fractured bones, but the cause of death was ruled as hypothermia? So, did they fall from the plane um, into the park? They fell from a plane into a park, yes. Were they falling through cold climates into... So, it doesn't necessarily have to be warm if it's in the summer. 
if it's a specific. But you said that location doesn't matter, so I'm true. Curious. But they were it was cold because they were high up. Okay, so they died of hypothermia in the air while they were falling. They died of hypothermia in the air before they fell. Yes. So why? You're saying why? Why did that happen? Mm-hmm. You guys are are three quarters of the way there. You got plenty of details. You just need to figure out why. Was the plane going down? The plane was okay. Well, when? Give me, give me a time frame, because we have two separate instances here, right? We have when they died and when they fell. Oh, this per so this person was the pilot. Nope. No. Where was the was the pilot in the plane still? The pilot was in the plane still. Yeah. Were there other people in the plane? Lots. Lots. Was it a passenger plane? It was a passenger plane. Okay. So, did they did they open the escape hatch? No. And the plane, but the plane was going down. You're saying it was two separate instances, right? What did you say again? Sorry, say it again. Well, there's a. We know that there's some time separation between when this individual died of hypothermia. And when they fell from the plane and broke all those bones, we know they were already dead by the time they fell. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I, so you asked me, was the plane landing? And I'm asking you back, are you talking about when they died of hypothermia or when they fell? Oh, was it, was it a bird? It wasn't a bird. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to ask. <laughs> worth, worth a try. Um, I mean, like, was the plane crashing? Was the plane was down? not crashing. No. Okay. Okay. Hmm. In fact, the plane landed perfectly safely. Um, was it a body that was like already dead in a, in a coffin, like in a casket under the plane? Nope. They did die in the air. Was this person walking throughout the plane when they fell? No. They were in one space in the plane, just standing? In a very specific space. Were they standing in the bathroom? Nope. Were they in the emergency exit? No. What were they were they standing in the like the cargo hull? In the hull? Closer. So let me let me let me recap what we've discovered so far. So there's a body found lying in a park, middle of the summer. The body has a fractured skull and several broken bones, but the cause of death is ruled as a hypothermia. We know that this person was in a plane. And they died while they were in the air, presumably in the plane, from the cold. There was no escape hatch opened. They were not among any of the passengers. And they were closer to the cargo hold than, you know, under the seat or anything like that. Very specific location that I'm looking for. Now, they fell from the plane when they were already dead and broke all of the bones when they were already dead upon impact in this park. So the only real thing you need to figure out now is where in the plane they were there. And I think that if you figure out where they were in the plane, you'll figure out why they were on the plane and why they fell from the plane. The cooling, like the cooling section of the plane, like, you know, where like the air and stuff is being pumped out. Not quite. What does every plane need to do its job? Oh, were they near the gas, like the fuel pumps or something? Nope. The, what's it called? On the wing? Nope. Were they by the wheels? Yes. <laughs> they by the wheels. So they were 
on the wheels or by the wheels when the plane went up and mm -hmm. they got hypothermia from being outside mm -hmm. and fell from the plane. Yeah. Are we trying to figure out why they were there? Well, pretty much. I mean, you've got all of the pieces now, but what does it tell you if a person is found in the landing gear and then die from hypothermia in that area? And then when the plane goes to land, the landing gear folds back out and drops them into the park. What was that person? Or they were one of the, they were one of the people, I forget what the name of the official term is, but you know, like the traffic the control people on the ground. Nah, it's, it's simpler than that. They just couldn't afford a ticket. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to give Mackenzie, I'm going to give Mackenzie the ultimate answer there. But yes, they're a stowaway and they stowed away in the landing gear, which folded up during the flight, but they died of from hypothermia in the cold. So their dead body was waiting to fall as soon as the landing gear opened back up for landing. They fell all the way down into a park where they broke a bajillion bones, but the cause of death was ruled as hypothermia. Wow. Oh. This really happened. This actually happened in Chicago. Oh, Seriously? Really? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna look this up. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. It's insane. Mackenzie got the ultimate answer there, which means that you got three yeses during the game and then five additional points, which means you got eight additional points in total, which means your total is now at 17. But Joel, you did a lot of the legwork in terms of the yeses. You got another seven points from all the work you did. So you're currently at 14 against Mackenzie's 17. Okay. Excellent work. Cool. We got there. That's cool. Story That's riddles fun. are already all, always, you know, logical leaps of faith, but excellent work. Cool. All right. Uh, we've got another game after this called Rememory. It's our first time playing it. We'll take another quick music break and be back with a whole bunch of Disney Pixar trivia right after this. Welcome back, everyone. The score is currently 17, Mackenzie, 14, Joel. We got another new game here called Rememory, Disney Pixar Edition. This is a three-round game. Should go relatively quickly because I'm told you guys are fairly well-versed on your Pixar. Uh, I have in front of me 10 movies, and we'll be going through the three rounds with just different parts of trivia from those movies. The first round, all I'm doing is giving you their tagline. So this was the thing that appeared on all the marketing materials you know, giving you a little bit of a hint about what the movie was going to be. So I'll give you the tagline. You have to guess the movie. The second round is a review of that movie. And you'll have to, you know, guess what the movie is based on the review. Uh, and then finally, the third one is a quote from that movie. And you'll have to guess the movie from there. So it helps to remember, use your rememory uh, to remember all 10 of the films that we're going over because the films never change. Sound good? All right, here we go. Round one, taglines. First one is, twice the hero he used to be. 
twice. Oh, these are all Pixar? Um, mm-hmm. Twice they are used. Um... I suddenly not remember any Pixar movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it works, huh? <laughs> as soon as you're on the spot, yeah. I would say um, hero is probably the key word here. Okay. Oh. oh fuck. Is it... No. Is it not The Incredibles 2? It's more just than one The day. Incredibles 1. I'll give it to Joel. <laughs> oh, wow. oh. Okay. Excellent work. All right, here's yeah. number two. A comedy with great taste. Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Excellent wow. work. Uh, number three. Ah, uh, it's got that new movie smell. <laughs> Say that again. Ah, it's got that new movie smell. Oh, man. Um. Oh, Toy Story. Nope. Toy Story 1, 2. Nope. Toy Story 3. <laughs> Not 3. Oh, Cars. It is cars, absolutely. Wow. <laughs> Surprised you didn't guess four there. You are. I know. You're on your I, know. Way. <laughs> I remember All right. new car smells like ah. Exactly, new car smell. All right, here is number four. There are three point seven trillion fish in the ocean. They're looking for one. Finding, Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. I saw that was a tie, and the tie goes to the person who's currently down, and that's Mackenzie. So we got three to one here. Here's number five. Hang on for the comedy that goes to infinity and beyond. Toy Story. Toy Story. Joel's got that one. He's on a roll. Here's number six. We scare because we care. Oh, Monsters, Inc. Damn it. Monsters, Inc. <laughs> Mackenzie's got it. Uh, number seven. Fly up to Venezuela. Up. Oh. Up. Oh, correct answer. Joel's at yeah. five now against Mackenzie's two. Uh, here's number eight. The newest sensation in waste allocation. Wally. Wally. Correct answer. Number nine, a major emotion picture. Oh, Inside Out? Inside Out. Mackenzie's got it. And finally, number 10, the hardest one in my opinion, the celebration of a lifetime. Oh. Celebration of a lifetime. Huh. A lifetime? Hmm. Um... Is it Coco? It is Coco. Excellent oh. work. Nice Dang. work. Awesome. All right. Well, our score for round one is six for Joel, four for Mackenzie. We're moving on now to reviews. This is things that you know reviewers of the time said about this movie. A lot of them have blanks, and that's where the movie title goes. You let me know what you think. Here's number one. You could trawl the seven seas and not net a funnier, more beautiful, and more original work of art and comedy than blank. Fine. Finding Nemo? Finding Nemo is correct. Here's number two. A captivating odd couple adventure that becomes funnier and more exciting as it flies along. Monsters, Inc.? Nope. No, Cars? Nope. No, Up? Up is the correct answer. Nice work. <laughs> oh my God. No. <laughs> Here's number three. The level of detail with which Pixar has created this world is staggering. With each Inside aspect out? of the psyche carefully thought it out. Nice work. Inside Out. Very well done. Uh, here's number four. The movie's first half is largely free of dialogue, playing like a silent Wally. comedy, while the second act absolutely offers a breathtaking tour of the cosmos. Joel's got it. It is Wally. Number five. 
Rarely does an animated character merge as perfectly as the persona of the actor providing his voice as the star of Blank does with John Goodman. Oh. 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 Cars. No. Oh, it's... Incredibles? Yeah. Nope. Oh, what? Wait. John Goodman. Wait, Joel, what was the last one you said? I don't remember. Oh, Monsters, Inc. (laughs) It is Monsters, Inc., yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You're good. All right, Mackenzie's got that one. Well done. Uh, Here is number six. The very good news is that in addition to stylistic innovation, the film sports a provocative and appealing story that's every bit the equal to its technical achievement. Cars? Nope. Technical achievement. Read it one more time. I'm thinking Toy Story, but... The very good news is that in addition to stylistic innovation, the film sports a very provocative and appealing story that's every bit the equal to this technical achievement. Coco? Mm-mm. Is it Toy Story? It is Toy Story, absolutely. Okay, because that was like one of the first ones. Yep, that's the one. That's the first ever fully 3D yeah. film. Oh, that makes enormous, yeah. enormous technical monument. All right, here's number seven. What Blank teaches us is to blend brash comedy with technical astonishments, so that each enhances the other. I can't imagine who Incredibles. wouldn't want to test drive this one. Oh, cars. Cars, <laughs> ooh. I think it's Mackenzie by a hair there. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> All right. And number eight. If an animated movie is going to offer children a way to process death, it's hard to envision a more spirited, Coco. touching, and oh. breezily entertaining oh. example than Coco. Okay. I'm hearing Joel on that one. Excellent. Two more remaining in this round. Number nine. For parents looking to spend time in a theater with their kids or adults who want something lighter and less testosterone-oriented than the usual summer fair, Blank offers a very savory main course. Ooh, Joel got it. I think Joel got it. <laughs> nice I work. I not say it right. <laughs> All right. And number 10. The vocal performances are a blast. Hunter and Lee's in particular. The animation of the villain's tropical isle is stunning. Up. No, oh, Incredibles. Incredibles, absolutely. All right. At the end of this one, Joel's at 12. Mackenzie is at 8. Got some catching up to do for our final round, which is quotes from the movie. Some of these are a bit long-winded, so if you interrupt me, I'll just stop it there. Number one. No matter how many times you save the world, it always manages to get back in jeopardy again. Sometimes I just wanted to stay saved. Incredibles, absolutely. All right. Number two. Crying helps me slow down and obsess over the weight of life's problems. Inside out. Inside out. Nice work. Uh, number three. I have to sing. It's not just in me. It is Coco. me. Coco. Coco. Joel got it. Number four. Not you. You lost the bird. Now you must wear the cone of shame. Up. Up. Correct answer. Um, number five. Float like a Cadillac. Sting like a Beamer. Cars. Cars. Cars, Cars is the yeah. correct answer. Number six, this is called farming. You kids are going to grow all kinds of plants. Vegetable plants, pizza plants. Oh, Wally? No. Wally, correct answer. Yep, one of the last lines in the movie. Um, (laughs) Number seven, hey, you guys made me ink. Oh, Finding Nemo. (laughs) Finding Nemo, nice work. (laughs) My dad always said that growing up. For some reason, that was like the one line he took from that movie. Uh, Number eight. What is this? Keep your station clear. When the mule rush comes in, what will happen? Messy station, slow things down. Attitude, absolutely. 
Uh, two questions remaining. Number nine, this is an intergalactic emergency. I need to commandeer your vessel for to Sector 12. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, number 10, 2319. We have a 2319. Oh, oh, Mackenzie got it. Excellent. All right. Great performances all around there. I think, Joel, you edged it out with 17 points. Super well done. Your total for the evening is 31. Uh, Mackenzie, you got an additional 13 added to your score, which means you're now rocking 30. It's a one-point difference heading into oh our final game. Ooh. 30 points on the line in quick draw. We will be back with uh, another in our final game of the evening, this time on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, right after the break. Welcome back, everyone. The score is currently 31 for Joel, who's taken the lead for the first time tonight, and 30 for Mackenzie. We have our final game of the evening on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the beloved um, Philadelphia sitcom. You guys are both pretty familiar with that show, yeah? Yes. Yeah. All right. Excellent work. Cool. Uh, so the way that this works, you have one minute to answer as many questions as you can in your set. Mackenzie, you won a Week in Review. You chose set B. You're going second. Joel, you're going first. And you'll be going first in another traditional round of a game that we like to call Quick Okay. <laughs> Amazing work, y'all. Yeah. Okay, so this is quick draw trivia. In all seriousness, Joel, you are up first. 
Again, you've got one minute to answer as many questions as you can. You may skip as many as you like, but you will not be able to return to them. Any question that you get wrong or skip, Mackenzie will have the chance to steal after your time is up. Any question okay. that you don't get to in your time, say if in one minute you get to the first ten questions, those last five, both you and Mackenzie can answer after the clock is stopped. Cool? Okay. Okay. All right. Fifteen questions on the line. One minute on the clock. You ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. On your mark. Get set. Go. Dayman is a master of what? Dayman. Master of... Son. Nope. Dennis is asshole. Why Charlie hate? <laughs> um... Ah, uh, skip. <laughs> what is Charlie's unofficial role in the gang? <laughs> um, in the gang, he's the he's the he's the janitor. No, <laughs> nope. Uh, number four. What is the name of Charlie's musical? <sighs> Nightman cometh. Yes. Which character gained fifty pounds for season seven? Mac. Correct. Name two characters that are married in real life. It's a... Uh, my God. D and... Uh, Dennis. Incorrect. Uh, what oh. is the McPoyle brothers' favorite <laughs> beverage? Milk. All right. Absolutely. And that is the end of your minute. Oh you pulled God. out... Three correct answers. You got down to question number seven. We'll go through those real quickly and see how many Mackenzie can steal. He didn't get number six. Name two characters that are married in real life. Okay. Um, Dee and Mac are Charlie and the waitress. Both of those are correct. You get a point stolen. Excellent work. Uh, you did get number five, Joel, that season seven saw our first uh, version of Fat Mac. Excellent work. And that The Nightman Cometh is Charlie's musical. But you didn't get those first three, so Mackenzie, you can steal all three of these. What is Charlie's unofficial role in the gang? Um, um, cleaner of the bathroom? <laughs> no. I'm looking for wild card. He's the wild card. Oh, damn it. Right, yeah. uh, number two, Dennis is asshole. Why Charlie hate? Because Dennis is a bastard man. And oh. finally, number one, Dayman is a master of what? Oh. Champion of... Champion of the sun. He's champion um. of the sun. Oh, champion of the sun, master of... Oh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> the correct answer is karate. master of karate and friendship <gasps> for everyone. Yes. Oh, God. So no points stolen there. You got one point stolen. Uh, but because you only made it down to question seven, Joel, any of the remaining eight questions are up for grabs for both of you. Feel free to interrupt. No clock is ticking. We'll do the last eight here. Showrunner David Hornsby plays what increasingly repulsive ex-priest? Oh, Cricket. 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 Joel got that one. Number nine, what popular action movie does the gang remake into a homemade sequel? Lethal Die. Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Excellent work. Um, number ten, who is cast in season two as Dee and Dennis's father? Uh, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Well done. Uh, number eleven, what is the name of the bar that the gang runs? Uh, Patty's. Uh, Patty's Pub. Well done. Mackenzie got that point. 
Here's number 12, the show tied for the longest-running live-action comedy after how many seasons? 11. More. 13. More. 16. Less. 14. 14 was the correct answer. Joel's got it. Uh, Number 13, Fight Milk was designed by Mac and Charlie for people in what profession? Oh. Wrestlers? No. It's the profession that Mac often claims to be. Oh. 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 I can't remember. Um. Um. (sighs) Karate? (laughs) Nope. Bodyguards. Oh, Oh. right. Yeah. Number 14, Mac and Charlie promise Mac's dad they'll fill their butts with what? Oh, 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 is it, it's a drug, it's heroin? It is heroin, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Joel's got it. And 15, what historical landmark did revolutionary era Patty's pub goers crack? The bell, Liberty the bell. bell. The Liberty Bell, well done. All right, so Mackenzie stole a total of three points, and Joel, you scored a total of eight points in set A. We're hopping over now to set B. Mackenzie, you feeling ready? Yes. All right, here we go. 15 questions, one minute on the clock. On your mark, get set, go. What hunk of meat does Frank become attached to when the gang goes to Jersey Shore? Um, piece of ham. Correct. What is Frank's wrestling name? Oh, uh, skip. Uh, the gang tricks Dee into thinking she's appearing on which late night talk show? Uh, skip. How many rounds are in Charlie McDennis? Uh, three? Correct. What is D's nickname in high school? Oh. Oh, shit. Uh, shit. Skip. Which character temporarily departs at the end of season 12? Uh, Dennis? Correct. Uh, what is the gang's favorite football team? Oh. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Uh, Packers? Nope. And what part of his body is Charlie's Uncle Jack insecure about? Um, his stomach? No, that is time. You also got three points on your one-minute set, and you got down to question number seven as well. Or no, eight as well, looks like. So we'll go through your answers real quick. Uh, Joel, you got plenty of chances to steal here. What part of his body is Charlie's Uncle Jack insecure about? Is is it his uh his knee? <laughs> no, it's his hands. All right. No points there. Uh, let's see. Number seven. In uh, what is the gang's favorite football team? The Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. Correct answer. Philly Eagles. Uh, you did get the dentist left temporarily at the end of season 12, but you didn't get D's high school nickname. Joel, you know that one? Uh, God, it's like... Oh, 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 um... I can't remember. Something metal header. It is. It's aluminum monster. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Charlie McDennis does have three rounds, but you didn't get uh, two or three, Mackenzie, and that was what is Frank's wrestling name? Oh man. Uh, I don't remember that. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't remember that one. The Trash Man. Yeah. Uh, and three, the gang tricks D into thinking she's appearing on which late night talk show? Is it with um? I don't remember that one either. It was Conan. Oh. No. I All right. That. Yeah. So we have. Let's see. We have. Seven questions left to answer. Either one of you guys can get this one. Number, uh, let's see, nine. In what episode does Dennis strip naked and scream at his neighbor? The pedo- one with the pedophile? Nope. Um, strip naked and scream at his neighbor? Oh, oh. It's the... Do you need the title? Yeah. <sighs> it's the gang, or... Mac and Dennis live. It's where they live in the house. I just can't remember the name. Oh, oh. I can't remember the name of the, the episode. Mac and Dennis moved to the suburbs. <sighs> Killed it. Mackenzie's got Woo! excellent work. Damn it. All right. <laughs> Number 10. What does Dee wear backwards when she and Dennis go to apply for welfare? Uh, a helmet. A helmet. Correct answer. No. Um, who is the sperm donor of Dee's baby? Oh, the priest. Uh, oh, cricket? Nope. No. Oh. Sperm donor of D's baby? It's the seventh heaven dude. Oh. It's that guy's name. Oh, I can't remember his name. I don't either. It's her it's her mom's like boyfriend or something? Or husband? Nope. It is Carmen. It's Carmen, Max transgender girlfriend. Oh yeah. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Number twelve. What does Dennis ex Dennis's ex wife Maureen think she's turned into? A cat. Cat, correct answer. Number thirteen, the episode Flowers for Charlie is a reference to what book? Oh. Yeah, I can't remember either. It's also just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it is flowers for Algernon. Uh, number fourteen in the gang gets analyzed. Whose therapist does the gang visit? Oh, uh, uh, uh. Frank's. Frank's. <laughs> nope. No, uh, Dennis's. Mm-mm. Oh, Charlie's. Nope. No, Max? D's. D's. No, it's D's. It is D's. Oh, Mackenzie's got God. it. Uh, and finally, number 15, Charlie believes he's an expert in what non-existent type of law? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Non-existent type of law? Um... I don't remember. I don't remember either. 
It is it's bird dumb. law. That's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> right. <laughs> All right, tallying up our final scores here. Uh, Mackenzie, you got a six points there from uh, set B, and Joel, you only managed to get two, but was it enough? Uh, tallying up, let's see, Joel, you ended the night with 41 points. Mackenzie, you ended the night with 39 just shy of a win. So Looks like Joel is our winner for the day. <laughs> Yeehaw! Yeehaw! Excellent work. <laughs> Quick draw trivia was the decider. Quite a comeback you made there, Joel. Excellent work. Yeah, wow. Kenzie, you're, you almost, you're up the whole game. Good game, though. Yeah. Good, good game. Back, Looking like she might, she might want to rematch in the near future. Oh, yeah. yeah. She will. <laughs> All right. Awesome. We will make it happen. Thank you guys both so much for coming on. It's been a blast. No Thanks, problem. Simon. Thanks for having yeah, us. Absolutely. Our credits go to Max Kolomowski for our artwork, Jacob Man Big Band for our music. Thank you again to Abby Howell for helping me with this week's trivia. We will be back hopefully next week. It's always sort of a, <laughs> a guess on who's going to be available, especially in this remote setup. But I hope that you will join us next week. Joel McKenzie, thank you again. Thanks. Uh, adios. Take care, all. Till next time. Till next Til time. Till next time. <laughs>